going through medical school, it was a page in a pathology book, but there was no real discourse, dialogue. There were no case vignettes to say, hey, this is how you recognize this problem. Unless you were talking about somebody with Addison's disease or Cushing's disease. But honestly, most of us exist somewhere in the middle. And that's where it's important to operate. Hi, it's Dr. Derek Taylor with the Taylor Method for Pain-Free Living podcast. I'm here with my guest today, Dr. Matt Everett. Dr. Matt Everett's a medical doctor who practices functional medicine and practiced in the past 20 years. And uh, Matt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Matt, you you had your general training in in medicine, and you started off conventional medicine, but then you veered off into the alternative world. Tell us how that happened. Tell us your story. Well, I, I as you said, I trained in allopathic medicine, and I was boarded as an ER physician and kind of moved through the ranks, eventually getting to a point of being a chairman of a hospital uh, department for emergency medicine. But about that same time, my wife had progressed with a chronic illness and eventually she became almost bedbound. And we eventually learned that she had Lyme disease. She had suffered a tick bite when she was young and it had taken years and smoldered, but eventually she was just debilitated. And as we tried to better understand her disease, we learned that we just couldn't get the help we needed from traditional medicine. That led us down a path of uh, growing in our understanding and appreciation for naturopathic medicine, osteopathic medicine, herbalist. I mean, we began to consume information as it related to helping her to heal. And that eventually led us to open a clinic uh, for integrative medicine, because initially there was this swing like a pendulum where I was pretty frustrated with the traditional system. Um, seeing her go into doctor's offices and the absence of compassion and everybody wanted to sort of label her, but I'd known her before she was sick and this didn't fit. And so just seeing it from the outside, as opposed to being on the inside and the one doing the labeling, it really helped me to develop a perspective that was more patient centric or at least advocate centric. And so we opened a clinic that started with just people with tick-borne disease. And there are so many people who suffer from Lyme or Bartonella, Babesia, Ehrlichia. But the problem was that we learned that ticks carry a multitude of diseases and those have a multitude of effects. And so we had to learn about the thyroid and the adrenals and hormone replacement therapy. And then that beget a necessity to better understand SIBO because the microbiome in the gut becomes affected. We eventually just developed a perspective of treating the whole person. We, we don't know where they're going to be at when we meet them, but we just try to see them as an individual, not as a, not as a symptom, not as a diagnosis, but just as a person who's trying to you know, make their way to healing and right. kind of come alongside them and work with them through that. Yes. You mentioned the word uh, thyroid. There's a lot of thyroid patients that we have that are struggling with thyroid issues. A lot of them are often underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed, or they'll get a lab test and then all the lab, the thyroid, their quote unquote thyroid tests all show normal. So do you want to talk a little bit about thyroid with us here in our audience? Well, I don't know that I could add to that. You you just summed it up, <laughs> undiagnosed or underdiagnosed. And yeah. so 
what we see a lot of times is people who come in to see us for profound fatigue or hair loss or menstrual irregularities or constipation. And I'll say, oh, if you had your thyroid checked? Oh, yeah, my doctor checked it. Oh, well, what did he check? Oh, my TSH. Okay, and what about the rest of the panel? Well, that, that was it. Or we even get people whose doctors say, well, no, I don't think it's thyroid, so I'm not even going to check. Yeah. And we wind up peeling back those layers. And when you get a comprehensive thyroid panel that includes like, yes, TSH, but really not as a diagnostic tool, but more as a tracking tool, get your T3 and 4, both your total and your free, but also get the reverse T3, get the, the thyroid peroxidase antibodies, the thyroid globulins. You get that whole picture along with your zinc as an important cofactor, and you can really start to speak to that underlying cause for a lot of those symptoms. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard it said before. I not doing a thyroid test as a diagnostic tool, but rather as a tracking tool. I've always understood what you just said, but I've never heard anybody put it that way. That's uh, that's pretty profound because those hormones are constantly fluctuating. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think a lot of doctors would necessarily appreciate the perspective I have. Right. Some of them would probably push back avidly. It's, oh, no, the American Society of Endocrinology says that a TSH is entirely adequate to make a diagnosis. Well, I'm sure they do say that. I, I completely uh-huh. agree. They do say that. I just don't think that's a sustainable statement, and it's not right. what's best for the patient. We just shortcut that process. Right. Yeah. So what are some of the other symptoms that hidden symptoms that people have that uh, when they're, you're taking a medical history that lets you know that they got a, you're suspicious, they may have a thyroid problem? You know, one classic example would probably be the, uh, the young woman who says, oh, I had a, a relatively uneventful pregnancy and I had my baby and, you know, I, I started to shed my baby weight and and then I started to shed all my hair. And, uh, you know, after a few months, I not only could I not shed the rest of my baby weight, I started to add weight back. Mm-hmm. And I, I bring this up because it's a vignette to really describe somebody who develops a Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. They get that initial release, that surge of hormone release, and their weight just goes down, their energy goes up. But after you have spilled all that thyroid hormone, there's not much left being made. And you've got antibodies that are blocking the production. And so then all of a sudden, now your hair continues to fall out because you have not enough thyroid hormone and your weight begins to creep up. You're, you're frequently thinking to yourself, well, of course I'm tired. My baby's up all night. Or of course I'm tired. I'm, I'm trying to provide for my children. Or I'm trying to be a wife to my husband. But it turns out you're a lot more tired than you have to be. And that's because your body is working its way through this illness it just goes undiagnosed mm-hmm. yeah yeah i see that all the time and that's a pretty scary thing for a woman to start losing their hair <laughs> yes so what do if you, you add if you know commonly well i'll see women if they've added weight or lost hair those are the two quickest things to yeah. get their attention and then their skin gets pretty dry and um mm-hmm. they also start to lose the lateral third of their eyebrow out here for some yep. reason or another and they're just You're absolutely right leaving these carbohydrates low libido oh, i just mm-hmm. don't have any drive you know there's just all mm-hmm. these things here uh they just start functioning it just at a lower and lower and lower level 
So what do you do for that person there that comes in with all of those symptoms? Well, that's, that's the, the good part of this, right? Is that it is a treatable condition. And so because it's an integrative clinic, oftentimes by the time we've met them, women are very resourceful. They've had to become their own advocates. They've probably hedgehogged nutrition when they were pregnant. They've looked at you know, postpartum routines. And so a lot of them have a pretty good idea about <clears throat> porcine therapy, right? So you, you can have a thyroid gland from a pig and they desiccate it. Then they either create mostly tablets, but you can take a porcine thyroid. And the reason people prefer that is A, because there's this belief that it's more natural. Okay. But the reason I think it's a, a really good starting point is because it combines T3 and T4, right? So your thyroid commonly makes T4 and then that gets converted into T3, which is the hormone that enters the cell to give you the energy. Two problems. Uh, number one, the most commonly used T4, Synthroid, is laden with colorings, preservatives, and sometimes it's just not a good fit. People don't absorb it well. But it has to go through the process of being converted into T3. So there's this innate lag time to become efficacious. And so we can sort of scoot around that by giving somebody armor or NP thyroid, et cetera, because it has T3 and T4. Now, that being said, commonly, it's a process. Somebody comes in, they say, oh, I want to try porcine. So we may try one. And if it responds, wonderful. But there's commonly situations where uh, a patient doesn't necessarily find a good fit for whatever reason. Maybe it's a, a nutrient cofactor that's included that is impeding their ability to absorb it. And if we work our way through those, it's not uncommon for us to land on a product called Tyrosint, which is a hyper clean T4 that's Swiss. That has almost universally been effective at getting people's T4 levels up. But what most people probably don't realize is that certain individuals do not convert T4 into T3. And so if you're checking your TSH levels, your doctor is going to say, oh, no, you know, Barbara, your, your TSH is right where it needs to be. But if you peel back those layers, you find out that the T4 may be at 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3, but your T3 is still in the low twos because it's not converting. And that's the point when we can add cytomel or a compounded T3 and find that balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot more complex than uh, somebody having these symptoms and going to their MD and then just being prescribed Synthroid and sending them out on their way. Uh, yes. Oftentimes we'll get people who come in, they're taking 130, they're taking 150 of Synthroid. They're doing the same thing. They're just going up and up and up but not getting any results. And so they just keep increasing the amount. Mm -hmm. And it really reminds me of that old saying, you know, to do the same thing, but expect a different outcome is insanity. Right. Yeah. And so um, what gets them in that place in the first place? Why does their thyroid start to go south in the first place? That is the million dollar question. Um, I can give you a couple different answers, but I don't know that it's complete. The reality is that progesterone is widely known to be anti-inflammatory, right? And so people with chronic diseases, well, and like my wife, for example, 
she always felt great in that latter part of the first trimester all the way through to delivery. And that's because those progesterone levels would really surge and they would keep inflammation down. And her second trimester was the best three months of her life. Now, you juxtapose that with removing that inhibitory or that anti-inflammatory effect and people can develop these autoimmune presentations. It could be that their gut got leaky. They've developed some, I won't say food allergies, but food reactivities. Maybe they've got a gut dysbiosis. That's commonly involved. People have, because of the use of antibiotics, potentially during the pregnancy, they say, oh, I think I've got a UTI or I've got this or that. And people write these antibiotics well-intentioned. Maybe it was necessary, maybe it wasn't, but oftentimes it's written without really considering the downstream. No probiotics are given. And so you wind up with these imbalances of the gut flora. And that in and of itself can be a trigger. Mm -hmm. Yes. Got it. Um, and some of these things may have just been smoldering, right? But you know, nine months of carrying this life in you is a stressor. And so somebody who was you know, already plus minus on their thyroid, they've leaned on their adrenal glands, which produce cortisol to help close that energy gap. But your adrenal glands can eventually become fatigued. And now you have this baby and you're up at these odd hours and your adrenal glands are deranged. And that goes back to what you commented on, which are those cravings. And that's because your adrenal glands just simply run on sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. So are there any dietary recommendations for thyroid patients that you like to put them on? Yes and no. There are, but it's the same recommendations I give to everybody. But I'll be honest, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. And that is 70% vegetables, 30% protein. To the extent that you can eat a, a, a spectrum of biodiverse vegetables, lots of colors, that's perfect. And then meat. The problem is, especially in this day and age with schedules and job pressures, a lot of our meals come out of packages. And I, don't, you know, I say this like it includes you, but I know you. And I think you're actually walking this out better than most. So you're probably in a much better position to help people with diet and lifestyle. I just keep it really simple. Yeah. Lots of vegetables. And what's not vegetables can be proteins. But if it comes out of a plastic, try not to eat it. Mm -hmm. And then what's uh, somebody that's lost a lot of their hair, can they regain that hair back? You know, that's a great question. And so we're talking about one cause of hair loss. And if it was because of thyroid, yes, it can grow back. If it was because of a hormone surge, like you're, you're, it's not necessarily the absolute high or the absolute low, but it's that rate of change that really prompts them to shed. You stabilize that, yep, you can get growth back. Um, we will not uncommonly use a peptide cocktail that you can put on the scalp. It, it comes in the form of a serum from a compounding pharmacy that it does. It helps to promote growth. And people will do that for a 90-day cycle, and then they're off and running because you've, you've fixed that early problem. You've gotten their nutrition straightened out. They've had this head start with the peptides. and most people. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, can you tell us of an example of somebody that came to you with some thyroid problems and with your treatment, they had a real um, 
shift and turnaround in their uh, recovery and sure. You know, I wish I could. I wish I could think of just one patient. We see a tremendous number of patients, by and large, mostly women. But I say by and large because men are more prone to say, "Oh, I'm only focused on testosterone. I've got low energy, weight gain. I've been reading these online blogs, and they tell me it's my testosterone." Yeah, okay, but. Oftentimes, things can coexist. And again, I think women are more apt to do more homework. And so they typically are the ones that are seeking help with their thyroid. Um, but I can think of several. Most of the women that we work with, they come in. They've got some weight issues, some energy issues. One of the more common but less well-known symptoms would be brain fog you know, kind of word searching, difficulty focusing, concentrating, getting tasks done. And oftentimes, because I mentioned, the thyroid is connected with your adrenal glands. And so if we find thyroid abnormalities and I ask you questions about sleep-wake cycle, sugar cravings, weight gain around the midline, then we wind up doing a specialty test called a Dutch test that will help us to identify adrenal dysregulation. Now, I use that term dysregulation because adrenal fatigue is a term that has fallen out of favor. There's some online pundit who says, oh, you know, adrenal fatigue doesn't exist. It's, it's adrenal dysregulation. You know, I think it's a semantical argument. Um, if you were to come to me and you're like, oh, I've got a, a gash on my arm. I said, oh, no, Derek, 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 that's a laceration. Well. At the end of the day, do you care if we call it a gash or a laceration? All you know is you have a big bleeding wound. And the same thing is true with your adrenal glands. If you come to me and I identify the fact that your adrenal glands are not putting out enough cortisol, and as a result, you feel like every day is an uphill battle, do you care if we call it fatigue or dysregulation? Yeah, probably not. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and those... Uh... Adrenals are so tied in closely with the thyroid, aren't they? Mm -hmm. They are. And that's, it's a popular area, but most doctors know very little about it. And, you know, I, going through medical school, it was a page in a pathology book, but there was no real discourse, dialogue. There were no case vignettes to say, hey, this is how you recognize this problem. Unless you were talking about somebody with Addison's disease or Cushing's disease. So if you've gotten to a point where you've got Addison's disease and you're making no cortisol and your blood pressure's in the toilet, well, yes, we all recognize that. Or you've got somebody who's got discoloration and this large fat hump on the upper part of their back from excess cortisol from Cushing's disease. Sure, we all remember that picture in the pathology books. But honestly, most of us exist somewhere in the middle. And that's where it's important to operate is in that middle ground. So you can find people before they hit those extremes. And what are the common symptoms you see when somebody comes in to see you with, uh, they're having adrenal issues. What are the common symptoms that they're adrenal? Oh, uh, it's the main thing is going to be profound fatigue. I sleep and I wake up and I'm so tired and, you know, I'll, I'll take some coffee and I'm tired, but, Around two in the afternoon, I'm waiting to pick up my kid. I'm in the line to, for the pickup, and 
I'll sometimes fall asleep. And, but then around, you know, four or five or six, I start to wake up. I have a hard time going to sleep. I eventually get to sleep, but it's late. And then it, it's three or four in the morning and I'm waking up and I can't get back to sleep. And I finally get back to sleep, but now it's six thirty-seven in the morning and I got to get up because it's eight and I got to take my kids to school. Mm-hmm. It's their whole sleep wake cycle is off. And when they should have energy, even their high points are not high. They're right. like, I just, I feel less miserable at 11 o'clock than I felt at eight o'clock. Yeah. And they will often tell a tale of, you know, really significant cravings. Like, oh, I just, I crave sugar. Or I'm really craving salty stuff. And, or they've been living on energy drinks because you do what you can because you still have to work. You still have to get your kids or take care of your husband or your wife. And they'll tell this story that, you know, they don't really want energy drinks, but if they don't drink it, they flatline. And so what we have to do is identify it and then help to construct a plan that lets them come off of those like really potent stimulants, try to support the adrenal glands. And you and your practice have really created some, some really dialed in systems. You say, okay, when you've identified the right patient, you know where to start them at. You can really map out their course, helping them. We are just now beginning to do that more effectively because up until this point, every patient has been patient zero. Like, oh, but the reality is as we've gotten hundreds or thousands of these encounters now, we start to look at it and somebody comes in with profound adrenal issues. I'm like, okay, this is where we need to start. This is what it's probably going to look like. As we get to these checkpoints, we're going to make some of these types of adjustments with retesting and looking at this as a 12-month evolution. I'm just 12 months, for example, is for adrenals. If somebody has adrenal glands that are completely burnt out, maybe they were um, a police officer, a fireman, if they were stockbroker or something of that ilk, and they're flatlined, it can take about a year to recover adrenal function. Mm, right. It's a long recovery, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What are the common uh, treatment protocols that you like to put on patients for adrenals? Yep. Well, I think first things first, and, and not everybody likes this. I'll just tell you, your adrenal glands make cortisol, right? So the first thing we do is give you back the cortisol. And people reject that. They say, oh, I don't want to be on steroids. I'm like, well, just to be clear, this is a steroid that your body naturally makes. And so it would be as if you were a diabetic. And I said, well, you know, Derek, we need to give you some insulin. And you say, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be on insulin. That's addictive. Not quite. You need this to function. And so typically I try to get them to engage with that plan for 30 days. And invariably after 30 days, even the most stalwart individual says, well, I think I need to stay on the cortisol for now because I'm actually functioning. I'm not drinking coffee. I'm functioning. I'm getting things done. So I'm going to do it and we'll do it your way for now. Mm. And that's typically how it works. We have to negotiate to get their buy-in for at least 30 days. They feel better within about the first week. And then it's a matter of tweaking it. Did they get enough energy? Does energy last long enough throughout the day? And once we get that dialed in, we're supporting them with um, usually adaptogenic herbs, um, you know, ashwagandha, magnolia, eleuthero, uh, things of that nature. And then we may add deglycerized licorice. If there's somebody 
that's another reason we have to test because you, know, you might be genetically wired to take all of your cortisol and you turn it into cortisone, which is an inactive form. So it's not that your adrenals don't work. It's just that as fast as you make it, you lose it. And so we can cut that path off. Mm, great. Wow, this is uh, good stuff. And yeah, those adrenals and thyroids work so closely together. Uh, they both affect one another. And if one mm -hmm. of them's not getting uh, better, it could be because of that other organ. This is why you'd like to look at the whole person. That's exactly right. Thyroid and adrenal at the same time for most. And then you get the liver where hormones are converted that you're yep. backed up and toxic. That creates another issue. That's really a whole nother show there, right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, so, well, any uh, closing thoughts here, Matt, as we close our time together? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about these things. Um, I think that there are not enough people like you who are trying to increase awareness. Yeah. And so we just, I think uh, the opportunity to, to talk yeah. about this and help people. How can people get a hold of you? Um, you work remotely and you, most of your clientele, you work with them uh, through tele telemedicine, right? Mm -hmm. They don't have yep. to physically see you. You work through them, um, working with people uh, online and do phone calls and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, so anybody is welcome to call our office at 239-325-6499, or you can email us, and that's admin, A-D-M-I-N at iheal.co. Um, yeah, and we do all of our work via telemedicine. And so we've got patients coast to coast. And I think our whole commitment is to, to try to treat you the way we would have wanted to be treated when my wife was so sick. Mm. So each patient's an individual, and that's just kind of what we focus on. That's great. Well, I've uh, we've had some of your patients come to our office, and they just rave about you and all the, the great work that you've done with them. I appreciate your level of expertise and care, and so keep up the great work. It's been a... Uh, fascinating show thyroid adrenals and if you are, are as a listener are dealing with thyroid adrenal issues and any of this struck a chord with you give matt a call and um set up a consult with him as he can help you get on the road to recovery so matt thank All you right. so much for your time and taking time out of your busy schedule we appreciate it and um right. keep on plugging away and doing all that good work all right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. All right. This is Dr. Derek Taylor signing off for the Taylor Method for Pain-Free Living podcast. You've been listening to the Taylor Method for Pain-Free Living podcast. We hope that you found great value in this episode. For more information about the Taylor Method and our offices, visit www.drderektaylor.com. Make sure to tune in next week as Dr. Taylor will be providing more knowledge and resources about pain-free living.